Is the worst yet to come? Or is the economy defying the doomsayers? Is there in fact an emerging business case for you to invest in your business this year? And does the government have the tools, let alone the plans, to make a real difference? The CBI sits at the nexus of business, the economy and politics. So we asked Tony Danker, the CBI's Director General, to share his insights on what business can expect from the economy and from government over the next year or two. Jamie Mitchell and welcome to Altogether's latest episode in our Ask the Expert series. In these mini podcasts we take a deep dive into an issue of interest and relevance to our members right now and we ask the very best experts what's going on and what we can do about it. This episode was recorded in front of an audience of Altogether's volunteer advisors, the CEOs and former CEOs who power Altogether's support and advice. The event was a thank you for all their hard work over the past year, and amongst the audience were several past guests of this podcast, including Greg Jackson, founder and CEO of Octopus Energy, William Reeves, serial entrepreneur and CEO of Goodlord, Claudia Harris, the CEO of Makers, and Aaron Gilbert, founder and CEO of Bloom and Wild. So let's jump straight in. There are a couple of audio issues at the start. Apologies for that, but they soon settled down. First of all, let me add my thanks, if I can, just very briefly uh, to all of the volunteer advisors here. And I guess not since the pandemic have uh, the CEOs of small businesses and scale-ups faced a period like they are going through right now. Uh, Double whammy of deflating demand, sustained inflation, equity is unavailable. Um, And many that have been detrimental impact from strikes, certainly in hospitality and retail, we know that's hit hard. So we're going to have to put our efforts into helping more businesses again for the rest of this year. But let's work out how bad it's going to be. Luckily, we've got Tony Danker in the house, who, as Director General of the CBI, really does sit at the nexus of business, the economy and politics. Um, And so for me, I'm really hoping he's brought his crystal ball. Tell us a little bit about what we should be expecting from the economy uh, over over the next year or so. Um, we are going to record this bit for a little mini podcast episode. Uh, there will be questions after about 10 or 15 minutes of our chat, which won't be recorded and will be Chatham House. So ask away and Tony will reveal all. So I will say nothing of consequence for the next 10 or 15 minutes, just so we're all clear. So let's go through the rigmarole and then let's talk. Right? Okay, that's getting cut from the podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's start with the, uh, the the crystal ball question. Uh, how, you know, we passed the worst. Uh, I hear inflation has peaked. So surely it's all it's all roses from now on. What What's the CBI's latest view on the economy uh, at the moment? Well, first of all, it's really great to be here. It's fantastic. Thank you for having us. And uh, to you guys, all of you for all together, massive congratulations. Before I was at the CBI, I set up something called Be The Business, which did something pretty similar, except we just had a big government check. Uh, You just relied on goodwill. Uh, And so what you do is very close to my heart, and I believe in it very strongly. Uh, 
I'll tell you what I think is interesting about the economy this year, and this may not speak to those of you at your stage of business, but it speaks probably to some of our bigger members. I think most people feel that companies went into 2023 with the most diverse range of scenarios possible. Most people, felt, I mean, if you're in the sort of B to C uh, relatively discretionary end, which is, in fact, where probably most of you are. Uh, you probably came into 2023 hoping to just get out alive and the economy to rebound. For most firms that are sort of B2B, uh, they all had a central scenario, which was about, you know, 5 to 10% growth. And, and the sort of the dirty secret when you close the door is, do you know what? Demand's pretty good. Everything's quite good. And they also were second-guessing themselves because they were thinking, actually, we must be totally wrong. So they had a big recession scenario, which is sort of minus 10 to 20%. And everyone will tell you, uh, all the consultants, lawyers, bankers will tell you that all their clients were going into 2023 in this very weird place. Everybody thought demand was pretty good. Uh, obviously, this sector excluded. Uh, and yet everybody thought they must be mad. Surely everything's going to fall apart. And the risk, therefore, in this first quarter is what do you do about investment, right? So are you going to back your own central scenario or do you think actually everything's going to go pear-shaped? And at the moment, I'm not sure I know exactly what's happening. I think mostly people are backing their central scenarios, but I think it's quite fragile, and so my argument with the government is, and I say this uh, to Rishi and Jeremy Hunt a lot, which is you need to create a sense of tailwinds to, to give a sense of confidence about the headwinds that might come. Because, you know, one or two headwinds, war, uh, I, think, I think Greg might know we might be past the worst of the winter when it comes to energy, but who knows? You know, it, yeah, yeah. here from the weather forecast is... Correct. Yeah, yeah, no. So I think so. That, I think that's that right. bit so won't the, make the podcast because no one will have heard. Yeah. Greg said something he amazing. Speak, Adam House. Uh, so yeah, so I I think it is. Look, in general, everybody is feeling a bit more positive than the worst case scenario. The bank have come in and said, well, maybe it might not be that bad. Uh, I, I tell you what, I've learned a lot about in the last uh, year, in the last two years in this job, which is if you spend your entire job walking around the country talking to businesses about what's going on and how they're feeling it's a pretty good predictor of what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And if you sit in a government job and you have perfect data, you tend to have almost zero insight about what's going to happen next. <laughs> like, uh, I really mean it. I mean, we I, haven't in started May, the Chatham House bit yet. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, believe me, I do this for a living. I know exactly where I'm skirting. Uh, in May 2021, everybody in our members was saying we've got labour shortages. And I was saying to the government, there's a labour shortages problem. And they were saying, you are so wrong. We have a potential unemployment problem, right? We're really worried about unemployment. In September of 2021, I was saying to the Chancellor then, now the Prime Minister, people are doing pay deals at 7 8%. You are so wrong. Their pay deals are at 2 or 3%. Uh, the, currently, the government have got from the banks data which shows businesses have got piles of cash in the bank and consumers have got masses of savings. And yet here we are, businesses not investing and consumers not spending their supposed masses of savings. No, some of them are. If you're upscale, you're probably doing okay, I would suspect. So 
the difference in this period of volatility between what sort of aggregate quantitative data is telling policymakers and forecasters versus what, frankly, having evenings like this tell you about the economy is quite different. So to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen this year. My central scenario would be that it will be exactly as predicted, which is that we'll have a short, shallow recession and by the end of the year we'll have turned a bit of a corner. And a, a name check to the chief economist at Investec who told us that on a previous podcast. He also he also predicted when inflation would peak, so I've got to give him some some uh, some some appreciation there. Uh, look, you said there that what the best thing government could do is is, is sort of ensure those tailwinds yeah. uh, of a how. I mean, they can't it can't just be through talk, can it? So I think it, one of the things that is hardest about the government creating tailwinds is that we now need to work out as a country, how do we grow the economy when policy is shrinking, right? So fiscal policy is shrinking, right? The government is not spending any money and has no money and is trying to pay down debt. Uh, Monetary policy is shrinking in the sense that we have interest rates still going up. So this is a sort of brand new moment where we need to somehow create tailwinds without using what we've always used before, which is money. So I think it's actually a good question for the audience, right? Which is if you are sitting there thinking, God, should I spend some money this year? Uh, What is it that a chancellor might say in a budget or a prime minister might say about the country that would genuinely make you think, do you know what? I think this is going in the right direction. Now, the government's central bet is that you just want stability. As long as it looks like they're not going to do something mad you'll be happy and you'll keep investing. And that might be right. Or it may be we need something more. So let me give you some examples. We have always felt that the stuff that doesn't cost any money does make a difference, right? Planning permission, regulatory reform, immigration. These things cost nothing economically. Unfortunately, uh, they cost you politically, right? Particularly if you're conservatives and planning permission is the issue. And both parties have regular, if immigration is the issue, right? But those are some of the things you can do if you've got no money. Uh, you know, the amazing thing about the Jekyll and Hyde mini budget was that on the one hand, Liz Truss was ready to do all those things. She was ready to challenge Tory orthodoxy on immigration, on regulation, on planning. She was going to do onshore wind, for God's sake. Not even Boris Johnson, the great green visionary, wanted to do, he was too scared of onshore wind. Uh, Then they also went and did that whole other thing about tax, which went wrong. But, uh, you know, so there's that stuff. That's one thing you could do. Secondly, what we've asked for uh, in the budget from, although, when does your podcast go out? I mean, it's, it depends how long it takes Joe and me to edit it. Okay, so that'll be two <laughs> do weeks. Want, do you want to so, No, no, no it's just because this is embargoed. Uh, is we are saying, so we've always had this policy, uh, which we call full expensing, which basically is, as you know, uh, they're putting up corporation tax by six points in six weeks' time. And the deal we had uh, before was there was a super deduction to say, but you can get a massive deduction if you invest. They are going to put up six points and remove the super deduction, right? So it's a double whammy for investment. And we're saying, put in place a full expensing regime that allows people to, frankly, get their tax back on in year one on their investments. Uh, now, the government would tell you at the moment that's too expensive. They can't afford to do it. 
So I think what we're saying is, okay, do it in stages, do a roadmap. A bit like George Osborne, for those of you who study these things, had a roadmap at the start of the decade towards bringing tax down. Have a roadmap to introduce more and more incentives. Because we argue that will send a signal, a tailwind, to people here who are thinking, do I invest in Britain right now? To say, actually, do you know what? They are already starting a journey of incentivizing investment in this country. So I think there are some things you can do. And by the way, particularly if you are in the uh, green and clean space, they need to have something to say about what the Americans are doing and how the Europeans are going to follow. And if they don't have something to say about what a British response starts to look like, then that's a bit I worry about. So I think they could actually say quite a lot in the next six weeks that would steady the nerves would make people think, okay, uh, they're not just playing politics with the year ahead. Uh, they actually do care about growth and they're going to try and get to it. I, I'd like to come to smaller businesses and scale-ups, but just before I do, let's just talk about the reorg today. Uh, I mean, actually, sometimes change is a, a great stimulator, um, but is this just smoke and mirrors? So if you missed it, there are four new government departments. One is a department for uh, energy security and net zero. zero. Uh, I've got to remember all the acronyms. The second one is Department for Science, Innovation and Technology. The third one is Business and Trade. And the fourth one is DCMS, as it always was before they put in the extra D, which nobody used anyway. I'll tell you what this is interesting. So you're all founders or managers or leaders of businesses, right? What Rishi is doing is he's putting people round the table to be on point for the things he cares about. And looked at through that lens, I think it's really good, right? He's saying energy needs a real sort out and we need to put net zero and net zero opportunity together. And it's got lost at bays. Grant Shapps, I need you on this. I need you on all of it. I need you focused on it, not on the other stuff. He cares deeply, as you all know, about innovation. He really does. And he's saying, Michelle, I want you to put all of the science, innovation, and digital stuff together and really drive that. And then, Cami, everything else, the in, the out, the exports, the import, you're on that. So from a sort of him managing a team of people with accountability, it makes sense. The slight problem will be those of us that need to interact with the system, right? So uh, I'm looking at you, Greg, and I'm thinking, right, so Octopus Energy have fantastic technology that they want to export, right? That's three departments right there. Uh, sorry. Uh, but luckily, as with CBI membership, you can get access. No, but, uh, but actually... You know, for people like me, it's fine, right? I spend my life walking up and down Whitehall, and so having ev even more departments to go to. So I don't think it's a very user-friendly set of reforms. Then again, it's a prime minister trying to get something moving, and so I'm generally well. I'm, I'm generally giving it the benefit of the doubt and well disposed towards it. Okay. Uh, let's just briefly, before we open to the audience, uh, the prime minister at the CBI conference in November. Uh, declared his intent to uh, turn British unicorns into decacorns, billions into 10 billions. The Chancellor's recent speech with his four E's has enterprise as uh, it's taking its fair share. And you talked last week about the CBI's work on scale-ups and Project Decacorn. So uh, is the solution sitting somewhere in those, of the, those in the room who are the scale-ups? Is this a real lever that we can pull, and is government going to pull it? Well, look, I think we've never had as much attention on this agenda as we have right now. So 
it's incumbent upon all of us to use the window well, right? There are not many prime ministers or presidents who are as obsessed about high growth, innovative, technology rich businesses as we now have. So for however long, be it a year and a half, six years, uh, it's an opportunity. So I think we should all think about it quite carefully. I think, for me, the thing that I'm interested most in, look, policymakers redesigning entire ecosystems, right? When you talk to people about how do you get more entrepreneurship in the UK and how do you get entrepreneurship to flourish in the UK, right? One person will tell you we need to teach it in schools. Another person will tell you we need to get government completely out of the way. Then somebody will tell you we need to solve startups. And then other people will tell you, no, we need a scale-up program. Then people will say we need the capital markets to be more... It's very complicated territory. There isn't really consensus. And so I I think at the moment it all feels a bit too complicated to me. Uh, And everyone's in sort of slight despair. And then someone will shake us and remind us that actually we have more unicorns than anybody else outside the US and blah, blah, blah. You're right. So you can tell it good or bad. I would love to know, and we at the CBR are thinking about this, What if this is acupuncture, right? If you've got two or three needles and you can change the energy flow of essentially entrepreneurship in the UK, what are the needles you place, right? Because I think we probably can only cope with two or three interventions that change the game. Now, is that digital skills? Is that late-stage finance and the Solvency II reforms to get pension money in? Is it, I don't know what else we think it is, but I think it would be good if we could get it down to two or three. Otherwise, we're just going to have a British moan about it for another two years. Well, I'm not against a good old moan, but let's see if we can get some of those ideas and all more challenging questions from the audience. Uh, And uh, as I say, uh, Chatham House... So Tony's going to take his jacket off now, but you don't have to actually take it. I was about to say, holding a live microphone with the phrase Chatham House. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go with it here. It is still recording, but I'm taking the recording home, so it's about trust. This is a Gordon Brown moment. The mic's still live. Uh, The Q&A that followed, the Q&A and discussion that followed, as promised to Tony, is not being presented to you today. We mostly covered... The window of opportunity to influence government, probably about a year. And Tony's advice that really what works best when influencing politicians and the civil service is uh, a show, don't tell attitude. And I couldn't agree more. But there was one question and answer that I really wanted to include in the podcast. And so with Tony's permission, here it is. Um, Please do subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen it really does help us reach as many businesses as we possibly can so let me now hand you over to william reeve for the final question of our q a with tony you've got an audience here who completely understand and believe in growth but uh, there was a fascinating piece in the economist a couple of months ago with some surveys survey data that suggests that the population as a whole does not believe in and understand growth and it had a whole bunch of sort of trade-off questions involving things like would you support more students to your neighborhood or new hospitals and things and it very much revealed that actually when you get people down to nitty-gritties they're anti-growth like large majority 70 80 percent and i suppose you know this audience is going to be pro-growth to its hilt but how can the cbi help sort of policymakers Yep. shift that perception because I think if, if the country as a whole is anti-growth there's no, there's no surprise why we haven't delivered growth the last 10-15 years 
Yeah, after the mini budget, I have had to develop a riff called Growth is Good, right? Which is why is growth good? Uh, growth is what makes this place, my place, this town, the Northeast, the Northwest, Birmingham, uh, get back on its feet again. Growth is the thing that makes our high streets alive again. Growth is the only way we can afford the NHS and social care reform. I, I just think that's the way we need to start talking about growth. I sort of want that in the podcast. We'll we'll talk. Um, thank you, Tony. Uh, we've we've gone over our allotted time, but it was well worth it and and a really important conversation for those of you who have never been or are not members of the CBI. I have been lucky enough to be involved one way or another over. 20 odd years uh, and I find the institution to be uh, a very thoughtful and more importantly impactful one and if you like and want to get engaged in policy or indeed the many benefits of membership uh, you know do, do, do think about it but uh, I, I know and you can tell from the way Tony speaks that we have a CBI right now and also with Brian McBride as the president that is in our corner. Uh, and so get involved. Uh, and I want to say, Tony, you, you are having a, a very material impact for the business community and for us. And uh, I always enjoy listening to you. Uh, thank you for your time today. And we'll uh, have a drink and a nibble on all of the kind uh, gifts from members and volunteer advisors that are here. Thank you. Thank you. Much.